afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A variety of different things that we're going to be looking at in this discussion today, including the yields that are coming off the combines. Are they better than expected? And what's happening to that grain? Is it being held? Is it being sold? Is it being moved to the elevators and held? Also, China's set to go on holidays. How is that going to affect not only the grains, but this hog market? And I love this statement. And this is coming in from Kyle Bumstead, who joins us with Alladale. Control what you can control. We'll talk more about that and more as we continue with the Fontenelle Final Bell today. And and Kyle, let's first start. We've got a quarterly grain stocks report that comes out tomorrow. Are we seeing any early thoughts as to what those numbers could be? That's right, Susan. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's all over the board. And basically what this report is going to show us here tomorrow is what are we taking from last year and shoveling onto the pile for next year. So, you know, some of the, there is some talk of maybe some tighter ending stocks coming in here um, on this report tomorrow. And that could be a little bit of a catalyst here to maybe turn some of these markets around. If we've, uh, you know, we had a, a pretty good rally here the whole month of September as far as the, the bean market and corn kind of begrudgingly, uh, you know, followed along here. And now we've sold off here uh, quite a bit off our highs. You know, we're roughly approximately 50 cents off our highs in beans and, you know, corn, we're sitting here you know, off our highs in the corn complex by roughly, you know, 15, 18 cents. So maybe this report tomorrow is a catalyst to maybe put in a short-term bottom in these complexes. But you still have some chart objectives below us, especially in corn. You know, that 345 to 350 mark seems to be something that the bears point out while the bulls are pointing out, well, some of the yields there, some of the yields not there, the demand's there. And you bring up, uh, China going on holiday here, uh, coming up here later this week. And so they might be out of the market here for seven or eight days. Not sure how long their holiday is, but it's something like that. And, you know, we probably won't be seeing any purchases, you know, early flash sales like we had been seeing from them. I was going to say, they've been kind of quiet the last couple of days. The only buy I saw today coming out was out of Mexico. Yeah, that's right. It, it is out of Mexico. It was out of Mexico or, or uh, um, and something that, I always like to point out is Mexico is a big trade is a big trade uh, with the U.S. You know, as far as corn and and you know pork and things like that. So you know, Mexico has been the number one buyer of corn here for a number of years and, and uh, pork as well, and, and rightfully so. They're right there at our southern border. We can get it to them, you know, if we need to, pretty fast. So what are we seeing? I mean, you've got clientele, all, customers all across the country. What are you hearing for numbers coming off the combine? You know, I'm I'm hearing things that uh, you know corn maybe in Illinois and Indiana Ohio a little bit less than expected. There's places in Iowa, of course, we all know the, the issues that they had in Iowa uh, between the drought and the the windstorm there. Uh, some of that corn's coming in a little bit better than expected. It's just the quality that they're facing with it. So that's bringing into the question: What do we do with corn? What do we do with beans? What do we do with it coming off the combine? Are we going to store it? Are we going to sell it? You know, that, and those are the things that. You know, you, you said control what you can control, and I think that that's something that, that uh, farmers need to take into consideration. What can I do to control things through the rest of the year? Do I need to go talk to my CPA? Do I need to talk to, you know, someone first in futures and options about reowning or putting the floor in underneath this? Because there's a lot of volatile things happening here in the next six to eight weeks as far as we have a presidential election. And, you know, when you look at some of the equity markets today, that may have been some of the risk off, you know, ahead of this debate tonight, which who knows how that's going to turn out. But, uh, you know, yields for the most part coming in here better than expected in a lot of places. So you brought up the debate of tonight. Do you think that made for some nervousness within the markets today as they wonder what we can expect on a Wednesday? 
And in the overnight, too. It, it, it is possible. It is possible. Now, there's, the, you know, we're going to be, uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people sleeping, and, and uh, you know, the overnight traders uh, in foreign countries are going to be watching this thing. And at one point, the Dow was down over 200 points, and, and the S&P was down uh, double digits as well. So, you know, we we're looking at this, and, and I think there's a little bit of risk off going as, as these candidates are going back and forth with their demands for this debate tonight. And so it's just kind of bringing up, you know, some of that volatility that, that could be coming up here uh, in the next couple of months. And, and you had uh, the exchanges coming out yesterday or the day before. There was a notice uh, they're going to be raising uh, margin requirements on equity futures and also changing some of the um, the uh, percentage limitations and uh, the time that, you know, if a market's locked out or whatever, the, the time and things like that. So definitely the, 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 the markets and the exchanges are getting prepared for some volatility coming up. So producers are sitting back. They're watching this. They're they're in their combines. They know the debate's taking place tonight. They've heard us all talk about the next couple, you know, six to eight weeks post-election and the nervousness that may be there. So what do they do? Do they sell off the combine? Do they store it if they can? Do they take it to the elevator and store there if possible? What are you hearing? Well, well, I've I've heard a plethora of things. I've heard a, I've heard a few guys say I'm not selling anything the rest of 2020 because I've got enough CFAP money and, and government money coming in. I don't need to, so I'm just going to wait. Well, and if you can do that, more power to you. I I mean that's that's a great position to be in. But you know the market has given us a, a reward here. The market's given us a gift. So why not? Uh, you know, use that to take some risk off the table for your balance sheet. And then also maybe go into town and talk to your CPA while things are a little bit quiet. Maybe we need to figure out where we're at for the year with this. You know, we've gotten this government money and, and some other things like that. And we've had a rally in the markets and here's where I'm at on sales. You know, does it, does it pay for me to reown grain now or wait until after the first year if I make the sales? That's the questions that you need to be figuring out for your operation. Where do I need to be? Where do I need to be, you know, with, with financial, with lending institutions, and where do I need to be as far as the, the tax ramifications go, too. And all that time trying to keep the emotion out of it, right? That's right. That's right. That's the hard part. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we head into part two of the Tuesday Fontenelle final bell. We'll be talking now a little bit about what's been happening. We, of course, had that cattle on feed report. We had the quarterly hogs and pigs report that came out last week as the markets continue to react, wondering about these cattle coming off grass faster than what we've seen in the past because of lack of feed. A variety of things that we're going to look at and a whole lot more as we continue. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Kyle Bumstead, Kyle again is with Allendale Incorporated. And switching pages here, we're going to focus on, on the livestock side of it. And you brought it up even before we started the Fontenelle Final Bell today was how fast hogs went up. And we always know what goes up comes down on sometimes just as fast, if not faster. Well, that's right, Susan. Um, looking at it, uh, we had, you know, last couple of weeks we've been talking about ASF here in Germany and some wild boars. And uh, I believe I hit on it with Clay Patton last week. You know, we, we had maybe half a dozen or a dozen cases of it. And, you know, you're looking at it with China banning all the imports coming from Europe as far as pork is concerned. That really turned their attention back to the United States. We had some pretty pretty good export sales here uh, last week, as far as the export report goes. And then we had the quarterly hog and pig report, which, looking at it, really wasn't that 
extremely bullish of a report, but the market did kind of just shrug it off. And I think what you're seeing now is some technical selling and some, you know, money coming off the table. Uh, people just banking some profits here as, as we've had this run in the hog complex and with China, you know, going on vacation or not vacation, but on holiday here this next week, you know, you, you might see them completely out of the market. And I think maybe the trade's trying to price some of that in right now. Is there going to be some pressure when it comes to export numbers for the hogs, not only this week, but in the coming weeks? It, it is it is possible um, that, that we do see some some pressure coming in the exports. I mean, you, like like we hit on the last segment, you've got an election coming up, and nobody really knows how that's going to be. You know how how that's going to play out. So, you know, we all know what happened after the first after you know our president was elected last time, and uh, we saw the the spat with China go back and forth, and you know they were in the market, out of the market. Most of the time they were out of the market and fighting the tariffs and things like that. So it's anybody's guess as to what happens here, but the numbers do show. A, a lot of uh, you know a lot of hogs coming at us yet here for these winter and early spring months. So you know it's definitely going to be interesting to see how we how we move through these numbers. Jump over to the cattle. Cash has been pretty quiet. I mean it's only a Tuesday, but we've kind of gotten into this pattern of getting little niblets early in the week, and there really hasn't been much coming out yet. Uh, one hundred six bids uh, in the north. Um, there's been some light trade here in the north that uh, I'm still waiting on some good, good solid confirmation of. But there's been 108 offers, uh, 106 uh, Texas and Kansas, and rightfully so. The board is uh, likely saying that cash will probably be higher this week as you look at it. You know, cattle on feed came out Friday, and yeah, we've we've we had higher placement numbers, and it was at the upper end of expectations, and markings were lower than expected, and on feed was a little bit higher than expected. But we've known all these things for a few months already, so. To see this kind of action, what what really was was a good indicator yesterday is how we gapped lower to start the day in both feeders and the live cattle on the charts, and we were not able to, we didn't see a lot of sell pressure coming into this market. So that was a good sign here that we maybe are, you know, going to stay range bound. At, 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 it looks at face value to stay range bound at the worst, but we're getting back up here towards some levels that uh, we haven't been able to push through yet. You know, you've got the August highs and, and even the September monthly highs we've got to go ahead and take out. And then if we were to take out and close above those levels, then yeah, we could see, you know, potential for this February contract to hit the lower 120s and, and uh, the Aprils for sure, maybe the mid 120s if we were to, you know, maybe break above some of those technical objectives. During the commercial break, you and I were talking about cattle coming off of grass faster and not even as much the western part of Nebraska. We're looking at some western states and some southern states where this is going to be a big concern this fall. Mm-hmm, for sure. You know, when you when you look at it, uh, the drought monitor, for sure, especially the southwest, you've got, the, you know, New Mexico, the Texas Panhandle, Oklahoma Panhandle, eastern Colorado, western Kansas. Up into uh, up into Wyoming, Montana, you know, Western North Dakota, Western South Dakota, and even out on the Pacific Coast, you know, California, Oregon, Idaho, states like that. There's a lot of calves that are coming off, and and I think that that could uh, longer term, you know, short term, these cattle are going to be coming to market. These calves are going to be coming to market, um, and I've been talking about it with producers. If they you know so choose and they have the feed, they may wean them themselves and maybe you know, grow them or background them a little bit. There might be a little bit more premium for guys doing that this year because there's not a lot of guys, especially here in Nebraska, that, that are wanting to wean, 
you know, balling calves for sure with the, with our weather situation like it is. It's been hot and dry and more dry than anything. And, and a lot of times weaning in dry weather, or dry conditions is kind of tough to do. So, you know, if you've got the yards at home, it may pay to, you know, talk with your local, your local sale or your local, you know, outlet to see what our value added calves bring in versus, you know, wean calves. And, and that might be something to consider too. Do I, uh, sell them right off to cow or do I wean them and hold them for 60 days and, and, you know, see if we can get them straightened out and see if the market straightens out a little bit too. Lots of great information. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call me at 308-708-7340. All right. Thanks so much. Of course, it, just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable for all investors. Kyle Bumstead has been joining us today with Allendale and the Fontenelle Final Bell has been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids. And all your local Fontenelle dealers, you can check this out as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and it's on Spotify as well. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.